0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Matt Holmes here with the Vigilant Life Podcast. Got another episode coming your way. And this time we got a special guest by the name of Marcus Martinez. He is a kettlebell master, another main contributor to Living.fit. If you guys haven't heard the other episode we did with Aaron Guyette, he is the battling rope master. And both of them make a great team over there. But anyways, back to Marcus. He shared a lot of great stuff about the benefits of kettlebells how to use them and then we just talked about life in general and why you should slap people's kids enjoy and i'll see you guys soon Hey, what's going on everybody? Matt Holmes here with the Vigilant Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Excited as always because always we got some awesome guests on here and really have some great conversations. We have Marcus Martinez on today who was actually introduced uh, to me from Aaron Guyette, another podcast guest Cause they have a very close connection, do a lot of work together. And he is, you know, the, as, as Aaron told me, and as I see Marcus out there, he's that the, the kettlebell expert, um, and kind of the kettlebell master. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about within, uh, you know, vigilant life and, you know, kettlebells in general and how to implement those into your life. So thanks so much for taking the time today, Marcus.
1: Awesome. I appreciate being on here.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. So um, let's let's just really kind of dive in. Um, you know, as you and I talked before, something I wanted to touch on first is, you know, really, you know, how would you describe kind of yourself and like what a vigilant life means to you? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, vigilant life to me
1: just means always being ready, but not being paranoid, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a house of very paranoid people. My mom was a very paranoid person. <laughs> it was always, uh, you know, watch your back, always have your back, always looking around. Um, but, you know, having three kids and being so hyper aware of my surroundings, it's just always, how can I be aware of what's going on without being paranoid? Like, I, I, I keep going back to that because, you know, I'll be around people that will be like, oh, stop being so paranoid. I'm like, no, it's not being paranoid. I'm just being very aware of my surroundings, being aware of what's going on. So I think that would be like the, the simplest way to
0: describe it. Awesome. Awesome. And then I guess, you know, what, what would you describe yourself as? Cause it's very easy for people to be like, Oh, here's an about me, you know, and it's all prim proper. Here's my LinkedIn profile, you know, those kinds of things. But how would you describe yourself as a person and like what you're really all about? I just I love to have
1: fun. I love to enjoy the process of what I'm doing. I honestly I gave up on the idea of doing the same shit as everybody else a long time ago. So I honestly just I want to enjoy the hell out of myself. So everything I've done for the last 10 years, 15 years in my work hasn't necessarily been enjoyable. And I've gone through a lot of shit. But It's always come back around to what do I want to do? Who do I want to spend my time with? How do I want to enjoy myself? Life's too short to be, you know, sitting behind a desk, even though that's literally what both of us are doing right now. But to do that all day, I mean, I just, I couldn't do that. So that's what Mm -hmm. got me into, you know, owning my own gym, selling my gym, doing workshops, traveling the world, teaching kettlebells, which is so funny that that became like the thing that got me this. Like if you told me that 15 years ago, like, you see this little piece of shit kettlebell art? uh, I've got a handle on it. Like, this is going to take you all over the place. So I'm being like, shut up, whatever. But here we are. So I think having fun is definitely going to be what I'm all about. And, uh, you know, not at the expense of my responsibilities or like, Oh, it'll all get taken care of. It'll all be, you know, cause there's people like that. And I've been that person where it's been like, Oh, it'll be taken care of. Someone else will do it. Um, how do I, you know, have fun, but still make sure that I'm, you know, progressing forward on what my goals are, what I'm doing, leading my children, making sure that my three kids are going to be the next generation of people who are hopefully going to take over and not be these shithead kids that I'm seeing right now. Like I just dropped my kids off at school and this one kid was talking back to his mom. I'm like, that kid needs a smack. And I don't even believe in, in, in smacking anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't my kids. But I was like, that kid needs a smack. Yeah, so like,
0: I, I, I agree. Some, sometimes kids definitely, uh, you know, I see it or I'm like, God, you know, it's like, I always, it's usually it's that, or I'm like, God, I wish I was a cop right now, you know, like <laughs> pull that person over. Cause it's, you know, whatever, like it, it <laughs> whether it makes a difference to my day or not, like, I don't know. It's, I think more of the principal fact of like, that, that kid shouldn't be doing that. Or like, God, that person, you know, like, don't do that. And, you know, maybe some people say, Oh, it's stupid. You know, don't worry about that. But but for me, it's like
1: the mother be kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I agree, you know, you have kids. I have kids. I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast and, you know, are kind of in, you know, tribe, or whatever lame thing, you know, it's stupid. I think I'm stupid for calling it a tribe. But anybody that wants to listen to this, I think very much is gonna be in in kind of the similar mindset of that. And have kids around them and understand of like, yeah, there's times where you're like, God, I would never let my kid do that. Or, you know, like I want to be the parent and smack that kid or show them like, (laughs) do not, you know, like treat your parents with respect or, or, you know, that person. And I've had that, you know, I've stopped my car in the middle of the street and like jumped out and kids ran off or something. So it's like, (laughs) you know, they're walking in front of cars. They don't give a shit. They're flipping people off. And it's like, I want to slap the shit out of you, basically. I always wonder about that. Like, how the hell did that kid? Because that kid came out into this world a
1: fairly perfect little being, and how did they get to this point where they're just a little shithead? And it just it boggles my mind sometimes. And then you know, but then we see the kids that are out there, and we see the type of people that those kids become. And how can they not have the next generation of those type of kids? So that's why you know, going back to vigilant, being a vigilant father, making sure that I'm you know being not on top of my kids and making sure like, Oh no, like I'm definitely not a militant parent in any way. Not world. like
0: a helicopter
1: parent or no. definitely not a helicopter parent and you know, try to give them the space to be able to grow and learn. And but at the same time, it's like, okay, but I am leading you. Like you don't know shit. You're only 10, you're only eight. Like <laughs> I've lived three times as long as you plus some, so yeah. I can offer some kind of uh, wisdom hopefully. So Uh, hopefully imparting that on them and making sure that they become better versions in the long run.
0: Yeah. I think it's, you know, you, you hit that point with, you know, being vigilant as, you know, parents, you know, for, for us, if, you know, you haven't, tuned in or anything before you know very much like a vigilant life isn't just focused on one area you know it's family it's fitness it's finances you know it's relationships it's you know mindset a relationship with yourself and self-defense plays into that too and we're talking about it being vigilant with family and relationships you know because those two very much cross over in aspects my wife and I have this conversation all the time because we're very much like we sit down everybody's there for dinner you don't get up until everybody's done, you know, and there's seven, uh, seven kids. So there's, and we got an extra one. So it's like, there's usually 10 of us sitting down for dinner every night and we have the kids there, you know, it's like we find from all these other parents and kids around that so many of them don't do that anymore. They don't sit down, they don't have dinner together. It's like super late or whenever they want, like the family's gone. Like, and, and I get some parents, like they have to work, they work later shifts. Like I understand that aspect, So do it for breakfast, like find a way, but I think that you need to have that sit down and that connection and being vigilant in that. I think that for us, we feel that's a very important part of connecting and sitting down having conversations and everybody coming together over the table and there's no phones you know, and even my wife and I, like, if I have mine, I'm like, oh shit, like, let me put it on the table behind me. Or my wife hates me. I'll yell at her. I'm like, put your (laughs) phone away. Like, it's one of the kids, like, put it, put it away over there. You know, we tell the kids like, oh, it's just sitting here on the table. I'm like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't belong on the table. We're here. Like, it's a distraction, whether you're on it or not. Like, it's there and you're thinking about it. So put it away. We sit down like, oh, I'm done. And yeah, we have some slow eaters. Like, well, we all sit here and You know, if it gets to a point, okay, let's start cleaning up. Like they're just really slow and hopefully they'll eat a little bit faster, but it's not like, let me eat as fast as I can. And I'm going to go do something else. Like, no, you're sitting here. And for us, I feel it's a huge part of us just connecting and staying a, a whole unit. And other, we see kids around and parents that don't do that. Kids are just running around all hours of the night. And I'm like, when you eat, like, do you not have dinner with your family? Like, what the hell? It's just such an important uh, part of, you know, creating these
1: kids who are going to be able to connect with other humans in the future. Like, because we've lost that, people don't have dinner together and we have social media and we have all these other things that are just creating more and more divide anywhere that we can add in that connection. And we hear that word so much more now because we have almost lost it. Like I think about how, how crazy of a time we're in where we are so connected yet so disconnected to reality, to everybody. Um, so I think that's such a, such a huge, important thing. And I I fight my kids on that at times because they'll be like, no, I just want to watch TV. I'm like, like, hell you are. We're going to all sit here and we're going to enjoy dinner. And it's like, there's some days where it's easy, some days where it's kind of pain in the ass. And even I'm just like, man, I just want to say, fuck it. Just go like, fine, go away. I don't want to deal with you right now. Yeah. I know when that is and I will get everybody there. And then it's like, we always have a fantastic time at the end of it. By the end of it, it was like, okay, that was worth it. Even though. Definitely doesn't feel like that one sometimes.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that because we have our instances where like, maybe we all want to go out and do something. We're like, God, like they're going to fight the whole way there, or this or that. And then we finally do And it's like, oh, okay, that was great. Like we recently took all the kids uh, over like before Christmas, living in Minnesota. We all went down to Mall of America and my, my dad, my stepmom were in town and we all kind of had a thing. And some of my kids had never been there. You know, like we live farther, you know, far away from the cities, like very, I guess, sheltered in somewhat of a way. And they haven't traveled. They haven't been to a lot of places. But that's something that we're changing and working on now. And when we went, it was like, oh, man, is this going to be like, how is this going to be, you know, with like eight kids, essentially, because we had an extra with us. Plus us like, oh, my God, you know, it was like very crazy. and nerve-wracking and if we did have some bumps in the road here and there, but by the time we did, it was like, oh, that was great. You know, it was a long day. It was tiring. But now we have that memory and like, oh, I'm so glad we did that. But it doesn't have to be something that big either. You know, my yeah. wife and I have talked about wanting to do more of things where she does something with the girls or we do one with one of the girls. Cause we got three boys and four girls. You know, or let's take, you know, she's like, I want to take, you know, the older, older two girls to like a trip go to florida i'm like oh my god that'd be great you know i want to take the boys and go do this whether it's somewhere close or like just going to dairy queen like it doesn't doesn't have to be creating more of that and spending those times i think is that's very much part of having a vigilant relationship and being a vigilant parent and creating those bonds and those connections because these are like little beings that you're forming into something later on
1: yeah no we we've had those same discussions and i think that's such a important aspect of being a visual parent is that you see i mean i think about kids that when i grew up where they were just like wildlings like they went out and like they never came home like their parents like their parents didn't even know they like their first name like they were just they were so disconnected to their kids and with us, we're trying to do that same thing where it's like, you know, date nights or different little mini trips with the kids. And it's so funny. Every time I come back to like, oh, let's do this trip. Let's go to New York. We'll go do this and this, whatever it is. And then we'll end up just going to like, you know, a road trip down the street or whatever. And that's like <laughs> the best time they ever had. I'm like, like my son still talks about this time where I, we drove up north. It was about a six or seven hour drive. Because I, I honestly I had to go for a meeting. So I'm like, you want to come with me? So I was like, I drove up spent the night and came right back. And he was like, that was the best ever. I'm like, seriously, we didn't do anything. We were just in the car the whole time. I mean, I didn't say that, but so Mm. memories are so, so important.
0: It is it's for them. It's for us, you know, can make all the money in the world, do all these things. And it's very important to have, and we've talked about that on other episodes, but that's still like the, the money is not going to, you, it can help create experiences, but it's not going to buy them back either. You know, if you, if you miss out on it now, like ain't going to buy the time back either. And you can't like fix mistakes of like, oh, I kind of guided my children down this path or myself. Well, I can't fix that now. You know, you can work on it now to like kind of course correct and do things like that. But what's done is done in a way. So utilizing that time. And I think it's just very important as a parent staying vigilant on those things.
1: It makes me so sad when I hear parents complaining about things with their kids that we know as parents, especially if they're like in earlier stages of it, where it's like, this is such a short time. This is such a short amount of time that we have with them. I mean, you think like, oh, 18 years, like that is not a lot of time. Like my sons are, my oldest is already 10. Like we're already over halfway done of him being at home in that you know 18 years amount of time so it's like you know going back to being vigilant being vigilant just with not only relationship but with my time like i don't i don't i can't i don't have time to waste i don't have time to waste with them i don't have time to waste with my work i don't have time to waste in life at all and i've definitely been guilty of it many times but being vigilant on that only allows me to enjoy more time with them to have more time with them to do more with them and just to get more out of that time with them so
0: Awesome! I love it. I love it. It's funny because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be, you know, at this point now, and say, well, "Like, I didn't know we were going to talk about parents. I thought we were going to talk about <laughs> kettlebells. Like, what, what's going on? What does this have to do with kettlebells and stuff?" <laughs> so, so we'll make a, a little bit of a shift, and I'm sure we'll kind of keep coming back and and relate to certain things because if you're not a parent, once you are, you're going to understand a lot of things relate to that, and <laughs> almost always come no. back to it. so um i know you said like over the time like you didn't really look at like you didn't think you'd be where you are now you know being the parent doing this and traveling and doing stuff with with kettlebells like what kind of really got you into doing that and how has that like made a different impact on your life and it might sound silly to people like oh like what's a kettlebell gonna do to my life but it's just like anything like people fall in love with running they fall in love with spin classes and this and that like it's a very like could be something that you just add in but it could be something like oh my god like this literally changed my life
1: totally i mean what got me into kettlebells was really sports and ironically in this uh you know vigilant lifestyle we're talking about it was a non-combat sport so i played tennis growing up uh played baseball first and sucked at that and then you know when i got into high school i got into tennis and you know, pretty quickly, did pretty well, got into college for it. And that right there was like looking for different ways to get stronger, more explosive, build rotational power and not put on a lot of size. And then I got really into like uh, MMA and Jiu Jitsu and all that stuff. Never enough to do it all the time, but I just like a totally wannabe poser watching it, loved it. Love the, the training aspect of it. Would watch all those, you know, UFC all accesses and all the stuff that these fighters were doing. And uh, I, I just came across kettlebells randomly through an article. And this was back in, like, 2005, 2006. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird looking. Like, what is this? And, you know, at the time, the, really the only resources were, like, RKC, Pavel. Like, that was all you got. And you did such a fucking phenomenal job of marketing where it makes you, you thought this thing was like basically gold and yeah. <laughs> it was the price of gold. The first one I got was like $300 for one stupid 24 K that you can go yeah. pick up for sixty bucks now. But I saw this thing. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not going to spend that money. That's stupid. I'm just going to do these dumbbells. And that was my first kind of introduction to any kind of, explosive, uh, you know, weightlifting, you know, cleans, snatches, jerks. Like I never did any of that shit growing up. I did all, you know, uh, men's health magazine type workouts or bodyweight workouts. So that was my first introduction to explosive work with weight. And so it was in a safer context, you know, rather than with a barbell and, you know, it was with a kettlebell. So it was easier to do at first, started doing it and just freaking loved it. Just Just the exercises alone with the dumbbell, I loved. I saw the power of that. I saw the full body connection. I saw how that translates over it and then carries over into sports into um, output and building endurance so finally bit the bullet got my first kettlebell but 53 pounds that's not too bad like i can lift that easily as soon as i picked it up i'm like the fuck is this as soon as i put it in the rack position i was like this might as well be 100 pounds like i can't do shit with this thing because it was so different it was just the anatomy creates this different connection to the body. I mean, you're, it's pulling while you normally, everything is fairly balanced. Even a dumbbell that's free weights is balanced weight with a handle. Mm-hmm. So started doing some of the exercises, started doing that stuff. And at the same time, I tore my ACL playing basketball. So everything was, how can I get stronger now, not become too much of a fat ass and, you know, still enjoy this process and just loved it. I mean, just the the way it felt. How I was just shedding body fat so quickly, how I was getting started. My group strength was like, i never experienced group strength like this. Where after a few weeks of doing that and you know swinging the bell, snatching it, or um, I wasn't even snatching it, but just swinging it, cleaning it, it was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, what is this thing? Like, I was mm-hmm. so, I became enamored with it. Just the same way people get into running and, you know, like you said, any other kind of modality, like that really called to me. I love being able to take my kettlebells outside and just do workouts. I love the free flow uh, kind of nature of them. So, even at that time, I wasn't necessarily doing a lot of directional, change of direction type of exercises. It was all very sagittal, swings, cleans. It was still cool to see how they all connected. And I I immediately saw a difference in my sport and tennis. I immediately saw a difference when I was competing in different things. I just, I loved it. And then from there, I was like, I got to know more. I was like, I was what Aaron describes as like this kind of, you know, nut as you get into something and you want to learn everything about it. Like I took, I went through the RKC. I went through kettlebell sport courses. I learned from a handful of main coaches. I love Steve Maxwell. Uh, You know, I've worked with so many different kettlebell instructors just to see what everybody was kind of doing. And at that time, I knew I wanted to open a gym, so I started a kettlebell gym. And it was a boot camp style, like a fitness class style of, you know, gym, but it was geared towards kettlebells, suspension training, and body weights. So on the marketing side, it was like, oh, use your body, be explosive. But from the business side, it was cheap as fuck. Like I only had kettlebells, suspension trainer. I didn't <laughs> I just had basically an open gym that people were like, is this a CrossFit? And I'm like, not really, but I have a lot of the same tools. And just kind of kept going with that and uh, really loved teaching. I loved instructing, but I didn't love being at the gym all day, every day. I didn't Mm -hmm. love class at five in the morning every day. I, like an idiot, started my business six months, or no, sorry, two weeks before I found out we were pregnant with our first kid. So I'm like, oh, this is good timing. Like, I'll just start a business and quit my job and uh, we'll have a kid coming. So it was, how can I find, it became new ways to build this thing. How can I find new ways to, you know, create something out of nothing. And there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of shit that didn't work. And there was a few things that did work really well. And that was teaching workshops and traveling and that worked extremely well. So when it finally dawned on me that this is what it was going to be. And this is what I like to do. I was like, all right, I got to go full all in on these workshops. So I actually sold my gym and teamed up with it and created the kettlebell certification for them and then segued into working with Kettlebell Kings now. So it was just, it's such a tool that you can do so much with. And even though I'm like the kettlebell guy and my Instagram is kettlebell exercises, I still use other things. It's like, it's the it's not even the bulk of what I train with most of the time just because I want to be able to utilize multiple tools and be strong. But the uniqueness of the kettlebell really cannot it you can't find it anywhere else
0: yeah it's like you said it's so different like you can do movements you know with with a dumbbell that you could you know not all of them obviously but you could do some movements where it's very much you can do a swing you could do this do that, like very much with with a dumbbell but it is totally different where it's at you know when i've used stuff of like sandbags in the past like Going from a, a barbell, a dumbbell, kettlebell, and sandbag, all the same weight, they all feel very different than each other in, yeah. in kind of the way that they use it. And it's funny that you talked about, you know, how it started to blow up on the scene and then talking about on it. Because I remember, you know, like Joe Rogan's very much involved with it And years ago, I met him at a thing in LA when I lived out there. And I'd had like a kind of like a warehouse, a ground style gym. And he and I were talking like backstage on it and just kind of chatting. It's like, Oh, here's what I do. I'm a strength conditioning coach, this and this, you know, cause I, that was what I did back in the day. And he was like, Oh, you know, you heard about kettlebells. I was like, Oh yeah, I love kettlebells. Like we, you know, we use them this and that. And it was like, he's like, oh, I just started using them. Like it just was starting to come and see. Now he's like huge. And I know he loves them, but it's just, it's funny when I hear some of that. Cause it was like, it was brand new and he had just started to like figure out what it was. And then that's when it just blew up for everybody and mixed martial arts and all different kinds of sports. And I just like with Aaron and I talked about with battling ropes and stuff, kettlebells is another tool in the toolbox, but there's so many benefits that add to just sitting on a bench or using a machine and doing dumbbells and just doing barbell stuff. Like there's very Important aspects to that that a kettlebell doesn't do or that the ropes don't do. So hopefully as people listen and find out more about this stuff and how to be more vigilant in their health and fitness, now they're having, oh now I have another tool for my toolbox, whether it's something that's great for like a prehab, rehab, or something that's great for building explosiveness or multi-directional type stuff. So you know, kind of, kind of explain a little bit more on that so people can understand, like, how do I use it? What is it good for? Because, you know, you said we didn't want to put on size, but you wanted strength. So there's kind of different ways you can use it. Yeah, and you can still put on size with kettlebells. It just comes down to the right amount of stimuli, the, the
1: right stimulus, the right amount of volume, the right rest. So you can definitely do that. Not as easily as you would with a heavier barbell or, uh, you know, bodybuilding type methods. But with the kettlebell, First, you know, the first thing I always talk about is the difference between that and a dumbbell because most people think, oh, you could, I mean, you'll get, you know, these comments that will be like, you do the same thing with a dumbbell. And it's like, again, going back to the anatomy of the kettlebell compared to the anatomy of the dumbbell, there are two different things. The anatomy of the bell, you have the center of mass, you have this handle on it that allows you to perform different movements from different positions. it really allows you to flow easily from exercise to exercise so for complexes for circuits where you don't put the weight down it's a little bit uh, i don't say easier because actually it's harder but it's uh you know it kind of uh, transitions a little bit easier
0: yeah it's a lot easier to do like i've i've tried when i didn't have kettlebells doing like the same kind of a complex of like a swing and a clean and a press and a snatch and then a squat like doing all those with like two dumbbells it's oh, a pain it's in the ass like it is <laughs> a pain in the ass and it sucks and it's yeah good. then just using the kettlebells just because the way it works and how you can hold it and manipulate the movement exactly and just the
1: way it's designed so even like let's say you get because of that center of mass you have a bigger uh, the ability to swing a heavier bell clean a heavier bell than you would comfortably with a dumbbell it's like i could get a hundred pound kettlebell And it'll sit still on my forearm. I'll still be able to swing it, snatch it, do all kinds of things. If I get a hundred pound dumbbell, Can't do shit with that. As soon as you try to get into the rack position, it's gonna be too uncomfortable. To try to turn it into a rotational snatch, there'd be no fluidity to that. You know, it offers a really cool pendulum effect that allows you to swing the weight so that way not only are you working the strength aspect, but you're able to work those again, those directional patterns so I can pull from different directions, I can strengthen from different directions, I can really build resiliency in different positions. And you know, I think about for me, one of the reasons I got into kettlebells was I want to get stronger from different positions i wanted to be able to be stronger and rotationally uh you know we're my fighters one of the ways i'd sell anybody on it was that kettlebells help you get comfortable in uncomfortable positions because we would do get-ups and windmills and rotational snatches into lunges and it was like the way that you were able to do all this stuff and connect was such a powerful way to build awareness to build that power so that way you would it would hopefully transfer over into your into your training in terms of what movements to do, I always start off with basic, you know, basic movement patterns, hinge, squat, press, pull, like those are all the basic things. And you can do those, you know, if it if it's something that can be done specifically with a dumbbell, I try to avoid it. So if it's like, all right, we're going to do, uh, you know, one arm rows, I'm not like, okay, here's a kettlebell. It's, you can use a dumbbell for that. But for clean snatches, jerks, windmills, presses, you know, things like that, that offer some kind of unique feature, then that's where I go with that. So I start off, Uh, with the isometric holds first, just to hold the rack position, bottoms up position, just to create that awareness, just to create that stability. Because once you have the stability, then you can build some strength on that. Then we go into, I said, the basic wind patterns. Then we'll start adding in rotational work. Then I'll start adding in ballistic work. And that's where I'll go in through swings and snatches, juggles and flows, just for the hand-eye coordination. I think that's one thing that is the most unique thing you can do with the kettlebell that is You have two different camps. You have people that freaking love it, and you have people that are like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Obviously, people who've never done it. Because as soon as you try juggling a 70-pound kettlebell doing flips and alternating snatches, and you see the grip strength that builds, that connection throughout your connective tissue, the awareness, the coordination, like that to me is like one of the most fun, most useful things that you can do specifically with a kettlebell.
0: Awesome. I, I love that. And like you said, there, there's some cool stuff, I guess, you know, in a simple way to put it that, like you say, you can't do it with, just like people like to do snatches and cleans and stuff with the barbell. It's the same thing with kettlebell. Like you can do cool stuff that is just fun. Like it, it brings some more excitement to working out you know, to training. That was why I started falling in love and era. I talked to us with, you know, like Zach Evans stuff. And like a lot of those guys where it's like, Oh, this is something cool. When I first found ropes or sandbags or this or that, it was like, Oh, this just, it's not the same thing of like, Oh, here's a barbell. Here's a dumbbell. Here's like the simple movements and stuff that you can do. And there's a lot within that, but it was just, it was more like mental stimulus. Plus it gave, the stimulus of, like you said, the hand-eye coordination, the, the working different muscles that are not working, just like when using the battle, or like you're using muscles, you're like, oh my God, I've never felt this muscle in my life and didn't even know it was here, you know? And there's all the other stuff you're thinking about, like, okay, yeah, I could do presses with dumbbells. Like, okay, great. But doing it with kettlebells, and then if you add in like, okay, well, maybe I do a clean to a press, Yeah, maybe you're doing a little bit less, but now it's like, Hey, I'm doing very similar to the same movement, but I'm doing more output in the same amount of time. So it's like, well, I'm getting a little bit more conditioning now. Like you're going to just see a nice overall difference. And to me, like the coolest thing is like, it was just different. It's fun.
1: That's exactly. And it was, it was, I mean, that was one of the marketing things that kind of got me in the beginning of it was like, it's a portable gym. And I was exactly what I was able to do before, before I started my gym. I would travel and take my kettlebell to different people and train them wherever they were. And it was cool to see, you know, someone get an entire workout, adding in some mobility, adding in the kettlebell and a little bit of body weight movements. And they were like, holy shit, like, I feel like I got a full workout. And you just brought one stupid little cast iron ball with a handle. Yep. So it was, it was fun to see that. and You know, going back to what you're saying about adding in something novel, like, unless you are competing in powerlifting, competing in weightlifting, competing in something that necessitates you to do the same thing over and over and over, there's no fucking reason. Like we're not Olympic athletes. Like people want to pretend like they're Olympic athletes and that they can only do this one thing and they can, it's like, no, it's okay to add some novelty as long as it doesn't take away from your progress, as long as it doesn't take away from what you're doing. It's kind of like, you know, cheat meals or adding in, you know, uh, some kind of food that's not necessarily in your plan. It's like, If you try to stick to chicken and broccoli forever, you will fall off. You will binge and you will go do, you know, something that's going to derail you. It's like adding in this kind of stuff. So adding in, in my case with kettlebells, adding in flow, adding in some juggle. These are the, this is the dessert. This is not like what takes up your entire training, Mm -hmm. but it will add a freshness to your training. It will give you that kind of a, that feeling, like you said, and it actually goes back to when I teach a workshop. So I teach a two day course and the first day is primarily fundamentals. And we add in some rotation. The second day, we get a little bit more ballistic rotational. And then I always finish off these workshops with, like, a flow aspect to it. And I break it down. We kinda, I let them play. And it's so fun to see the very, like, analytical type of training go through that. Because at first, it's painful. At first, you're like, fuck this. Like, are you kidding me? If you're not telling me to clean squat, press, press, you know, if you're not telling me exactly what to do, you can go shove yourself, you know. But as soon as they start doing that and they start experiencing that kind of free flow play, at the end of it, I've never had a course where people didn't leave going, I've never felt so good. I've never felt so like aware. I've never felt so like, that was 10 minutes and it felt like 30 seconds. It felt like nothing. Yeah. Like, because you get into that zone of play, you get into that flow. And that's such an important aspect of training that we've kind of fallen off on. And I feel like it's been coming back over the years with, you know, different bodyweight type flow courses and uh, different types of free flow. You know, the mace, you see people like Isik doing steel mace stuff Mm -hmm. and steel clubs. And I, I love that type of stuff because it just kind of fills in the gaps of traditional strength training. And for some people it's too much. For some people it's not enough. It doesn't have to be necessarily 50 50, but adding in that free flow, that play with traditional lifting is only going to make you more resilient. It's only going to make you help you enjoy the process better yeah. and it give you athletic longevity. Like you're going to move like an athlete as a lot longer than if you just try to lift the heaviest weight off the ground forever. At some point you're going to break down. If you're only flowing and flipping at some point, your strength is going to be tested and it's going to probably fail because you didn't build any true strength. So buying mm-hmm. that balance, what's going to allow you to be strong, be protective of your family, you know, take care of yourself, but Enjoy the process and not get fucked up when you do it. You know,
0: it's like yeah. usable strength, usable explosive power. And I, that's why I like we said too, there were a couple of things, you know, one being like all these toys. And to me, it's like that's what they are. Like the the gym always always like, okay, this is my this is my playground. This yeah. all these toys. Cause yeah, you have like, Hey, here's my base stuff. Be like, you know what, I want to do this today. I want to use the sandbags, or I wanna use this, or you know, like one of my other favorite ones that we had was taking the stability balls, you know, we called it the boob and filling it up with, you know, water. It was like, Oh my God, like those, that sucks. Like it was <laughs> the hardest thing to hold on to. It's like a giant boob, like breast implant was, like falling all over. And that was, but it was fun. So it's like all these things are just Telling fun you. toys to use. Cause you're like, okay, well it's not the same thing every day. And I, I could say for me, honestly, and this is and I talked about when I was doing more of those things, I was like, Hey, I had my core, my base stuff my base lifts I was working on and that stuff was included as just like accessory work things like that I was like I had more fun I was in better shape and I felt I was just overall healthier within like joints and all that like less achiness and pains and injuries and all of that stuff because not only I think the mental stimulus makes a difference but you're not doing the same thing beating your body up over and over but you're using other muscle groups and things that aren't necessarily moved or used in those other movements that just over time get beat down over and over and over.
1: I mean, think about the anatomy of the joints. So if we're talking about the shoulder, you think this is one of the most mobile joints and what are we doing with it? We're only pressing horizontally, pulling horizontally, pressing vertically, pulling vertically. If you're a true strength enthusiast, if you're a bodybuilder, you're adding in some adduction and other movement patterns, but like you're still staying in the same typical planes but with the kettlebell or battle ropes or one of these other methods that you can incorporate, not saying replaces, but just incorporate. Now we're moving the joint freely and we're using it loaded. We're doing it ballistically. So we're stra- we're training the connective tissue. We're training all the musculature, the stabilizers of the shoulder to be able to withstand force pressure load from different directions that builds resiliency. So from a, you know, practical standpoint, like that keeps you injury free from a you know, fun standpoint it gets you out of doing the same fucking thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. You you will get a repetitive use injury if you do the same thing over and over. And that goes for kettlebells. You know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, coaches. Some of these coaches that will also advocate for like, you know, thousands of one movement, like, Oh, do swings every day. It's like, no, why would you do that every day? Do something different, you know, change it up. You can still do the same basic movement pattern, but, how can we build strength from these different positions? So that way you build that resiliency, you build that power, you build the, the physique for it, but you're not just wearing your body down in the process. So mm-hmm. that's where I think with the kettlebell specifically, it just adds a level of fun, adds a level of variety, adds a level of play that you don't really get with other things. So some people they'll do yoga, they'll do body weight flow. They'll do you know, other methods for me, the kettlebell works and that's what I wanted to show. And with, all the social media stuff that I've done and all the, you know, the courses I've done, it was really just, I want to show people what's possible with this because I just hated the fact that there was like five movements that everybody did and that was all you did. And if you didn't do those movements, you didn't know kettlebells. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Here, I'm going to show you what you can do with
0: this thing. Yeah. So here's something we'll kind of dive into with some of it. And I want to get your opinion because some of it just drives me fucking crazy like the one of the biggest things I hate and this is probably for me being an old strength conditioning coach too is like when I see people teaching whether it's kettlebells or anything and like they're teaching it to people and they're teaching it wrong drives me fucking crazy (laughs) insane and kettlebells the worst like when I see them doing like oh here's how you do a press yeah okay maybe they're not doing it exactly like in the rack position and pressing like the full movement that maybe is technical but you know when, when I see people like squeeze the shit out of that thing and like they they're not like they're weak handed on it and their their wrist is like totally cranked backwards yeah. so it's not like in that plane up and down and i'm like oh my god i'm like fix it you know or they're grabbing it in the wrong place so people know if they pick it up like where should they grab you know the horn they the grab the handle. Of it, and you know, they're like, "Oh, should my wrist be back? Should it be this? You know, like, do I squeeze it? Do I do this? You know, do I like? What should they be doing with it?"
1: So, first off, there's a there's a lot of things they should not do with it. It's always my favorite when I see someone tell me like, "Oh yeah, I know kettlebells," and they put it in their thumb and their palm, and it's like sitting on this side. I'm like, God. <laughs>
0: And if people don't see it. They're like, on the <laughs> so you have the back side of your so, forearm and the inside of the forearm. Yeah. And where he's saying is on the inside of your arm.
1: He's sitting right here and they're like, yeah, yeah, I do kettlebells. You know, as soon as they pick it up. So the worst thing you can do when you're in the rack, we'll take the rack position. And that's where, you know, this is the, the best kind of starting point after learning, obviously, how to pick up the bell properly. But this is going to be the one thing, the, the, you know, setup for presses and squats and lunges and you know, all the other things that you're going to do cleans. So making sure that the wrist is fairly straight, slightly flexed. I like to go a little bit of flexion here just to avoid any kind of extension. So a lot of people will pick up the kettlebell and then they just do what you said. They just let their wrist come back, let their hand come back. And then the bell is sitting right here and sitting on the forearm. And all that does, is that creates an unnecessary amount of stress through the wrist. And eventually we'll go down the elbow and then down the shoulder. And then they will be like, Oh, kettlebells hurt me. And it's like, no, it's because you're holding it like a freaking weirdo. Like, keep your wrist nice and tight. <laughs> that's going to engage the musculature through the forearm that's going to allow you to keep that bell nice and tight and give you some uh, some sense of structure cuz because that weight is already pulling you there's already going to be an an imbalance right there so just trying to make sure there's as much flexion as you can within reason so if you go over the top then that's going to be too much too so you know neutral to slightly flex is where I like to go and you know from there you'll be able to press squat you know you'll be able to slide around do everything you can making sure that that bell sits nicely between the bicep and the forearm. A lot of times you'll see people overly internally rotate or rotate. So that way the bell's like on the other side, uh, it'll be sitting on the shoulder. It'll be in all these different positions. So the first thing we want to just make sure is that rack position is strong. So racked walks. And then also I love the bottoms up position. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's just turning the bell upside down. So you're holding the handle. So you have to go a little bit lighter, turn the bell upside down. And that creates so much stability And so much awareness throughout the entire shoulder girdle. I mean, you feel your lat, you feel your upper back, you feel your triceps, you feel everything engaging. You know, talking about staying tight, that irradiation, like when you're squeezing, everything around is going to be, you know, uh, being called into action. So it's so much bang for your buck for someone who's never picked up a kettlebell. I go right into bottoms up walks. I go into rack positions where I'm providing the pressure and pulling in different positions and they just have to hold. I love those two movements right there, or those two positions right there, just to create that awareness. And, and as far as basic movements for explosive, I love the explosive deadlift. I think it's the one of the best exercises because it allows you, you know, it gives you the ability to get into that fast concentric, that explosive uh, movement, but you do it in a safer setting than you would with swings. So for a kettlebell swing, people see it and they're like, oh yeah, you just, you, you swing it. But there's so many, you know, specific things that we have to make sure are happening in order to do that properly and not just fuck up your back. So with an explosive deadlift, this allows you to work on the speed, but you have those stopping points. You have the ground. You don't have to keep the movement going. With kettlebells, it's one of the only tools that loads the eccentric phase super fast. So like, you know, you can do explosive exercises like a medicine ball or power, a weightlifting explosive lift, but you're lifting it and then you either drop it or you're throwing that you know, load away. So if it's like a medicine ball, you're throwing it and that's it. With well, the kettlebell is coming back. So most people aren't ready for that, you know, that eccentric loading of the of the weight. So that's why explosive deadlifts and uh you know that allows people to kind of build up to it and then we can speed things up and then we can get into swings. You know, swings, all that stuff, it's really it is fairly advanced. And even though it's not necessarily gonna do as much damage as if you just picked up a barbell and tried to clean it and you know snatch it it can cause issues. So there are some specifics that we want to make sure are happening before that.
0: Awesome. And at the very end for people that want to know like, Oh, this is great, but you know, I'm listening to this. Like how the hell am I going to learn it or see it? We'll definitely plug some links where people can see your stuff. And like, I know you guys have a lot of like, here's a breakdown and you really kind of go through it. So it's more like we're, we're kind of jumping maybe ahead for some people or you, or you do know, and like you're like, oh, okay, I, I understand. I can visualize what you're saying. Let me do some of these tweaks. Or we're we're jumping a little bit ahead, giving you some kind of pre-framing, and then okay, now you're gonna be able to watch and now build on top of that. When it comes to to kettlebells, what are what are some of your kind of favorite movements that really build kind of like, if we're talking about, you know, being vigilant, building some grit and endurance and, you know, that mental toughness along with physical toughness, what are some kind of your favorite things that you like to, whether it's movements within it or adding it onto other movements in like a complex and, you know, how, how do you like to incorporate it? So I like to incorporate, I would say the first uh, thing that I I really like doing with kettlebells
1: is going to be flow. And with flow, the, you know, it's, it's hard for people to kind of put their, to grasp it, especially if they're new to the tool. But the reason that I would say that that's my favorite thing to do in terms of for being vigilant is that it helps me build complete body awareness, situational awareness. I always know where I'm at. I always know what position I'm in. I'm rotating I'm able to strengthen my body from these different directional patterns. I'm able to load and unload from these different directions, from different heights, you know, rotational snatch into a lunge. So that'd be my first way. And that to me is not only the most enjoyable, but it builds incredible conditioning. So I don't have to go running, which I fucking hate running. And then... Uh, when it gets right, I just personally, I never feel good. I like I, I go through phases of it where I'm like, I really like this. And then I don't feel good. And then I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Why did I do that? And then I go back into it. So for whatever reason, anyway, I, I think that's one of my favorite ways to build conditioning. And then the other thing is, I realized early on how important grip strength was. And I got really into you know, all like John Brookfield, all these different guys who are all in the grip training. Grip strength. Mm-hmm. I was like, like your this is literally your first line of defense. Like if I, you know, we've all done either wrestling or got into a fight or did jitsu or something. When you grab someone, when someone grabs you that you feel has that gorilla grip, that's like the first time you feel fuck me. Like that, that just like deflates the shit yeah, out of
0: you. Yeah. It's already like, like yeah. your 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 mental game is getting beat right Oh, now. it
1: just immediately gets crushed. So I wanted to be the crusher. I wanted to be the one that would be like, oh, shit. Like, I don't have big hands, so I had to make it work. So I was, uh, I'm was i really focused on grip strength. And with flow and with, uh, I would say, going to something simpler to digest, alternating swings are one of my favorite things because that also builds a lot of backside strength. It builds incredible grip strength. It builds incredible work capacity. It builds explosiveness. It It's really the ultimate, like, Make you a more badass person. Exercise, heavy alternating swings. You can build it all, and you just you feel fucking phenomenal. And then, like when you progress through those, and you're swinging, you know, alternating swinging the 48k, you can change your stance so you can go into a staggered stance. You can go into walking swings. You can do some swing flows. Like I did, I teach a part of that in the workshop where we do swing flows, where we're just working with the swing. You're alternating every time. You're changing pattern. You're changing directions. You build strength and resiliency, unlike anything else. And it's a very simple thing to kind of wrap your mind around. Just one exercise. So I'd say that's the biggest thing. Because, like I said, grip strength, building shoulder strength, building explosive power, building core strength, building work capacity. Like that's all we need right there. Like forget about the aesthetics. Forget about anything else. If you build those things, you will be. You know as they say, a hard person to kill, you'll be a stronger person. You will be, you know, you will be able to protect yourself and your family hopefully. And that's just with one exercise.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the aesthetics will end up coming with everything else that, that we're talking about. But, you know, I think the, the craziest thing with a lot of this is, you know, if you're talking about a vigilant life, you know, it includes all these aspects, like some of these guys, it's like, yeah, maybe they look great, But, and not all of them, like some of them, yeah, they do cover all aspects and they look great, but a lot of guys like, yeah, they look great, but you know, they, they can't move very fast if something happens or they don't have a lot of, you know, I hate the term like functional, but there is an aspect of like, if you can't function in normal life or you can't do normal things, what's the point of it? You know, like that's not really being vigilant in your fitness of like, yeah, maybe I can you know, lift super heavy weights and I look great, but, you know, I'm sore all the time and I can't really function or I run down, you know, I run the block and about to fucking have a heart attack or something.
1: The thing with kettlebells specifically, and then going into, you know, things like sprinting, like if I can't go from a dead sprint without fucking myself up, if I can't lift a weight explosively without fucking myself up, like that's not resiliency. That's not, that's not true usable strength. That's not true usable power. Like if I have to be completely set, ready, obviously within certain reason, you know, within reason of like the weight that I'm using and the load and mm-hmm. whatever. But I mean, if I can't do that without jacking myself up, like what was the point? Like just aesthetics, like, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm all for aesthetics. I totally see the value in that. I see the power in that. I see what that does for people. But if that's all you're doing and you're not having any other, you know, type of training for that, it's like, what's, what's the point? Like that's not, that's not a visual lifestyle. That's, yeah. a, that's a, that's a, that's a vanity driven lifestyle.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, something Aaron and I talked about, you know, I really like for me this year has been to get back into the shape I was in and even better, you know, cause over the years, you know, I had a few years ago I had heart failure, I had this and that, you know, like in just life in general, like I got total dad bod that happened, you know, I, I, mean, got, you out, that, yeah, and I got out of it, you know, when I, I didn't work out really. For a while after I had like heart failure, not only did it mess me up mentally, all the stuff, those small, like I just physically could not do much stuff. Like in the middle of the day, I wouldn't do anything. I'd be tired. Like I'd take a nap in the middle of the day because my body would just be like, time to go to sleep, you know, because my heart was at like 20% function, you wow. know, so it's like crazy. So for me, it's like really getting back into a lot of those things to where. Like I feel now, yeah, I wake up early, I'm a little tight, things like that. And yeah, anybody's gotta kind of warm up as just a safety protective measure and it just gets your nervous system going. But, you know, if I look at where I'm at now compared to like, you know, years ago where yeah, I could be like, oh, oh, you know, you're doing that wrong. And I could go up and deadlift a heavier weight and I know my form was good and wouldn't be like, oh, I hurt myself, or I'm gonna, like you said, do a dead sprint. And I know, yeah, maybe I'm not as mobile and agile as I would if I'd warmed up and did all this. Like, I'm not going to be the best, but I'm not worried about like, oh my God, I just pulled something or like that hurt or didn't feel as good. Like that's, you said, that's not being as vigilant. So Mm -hmm. making sure you're doing these other things that are really overall in creating that vigilant part of health and fitness in that aspect for you.
1: Yeah. And I mean, as we said, we would do circling back to being a parent, you know, there's no better feeling than being able to protect your family. There's no better feeling than feeling, you know, that your family feels safe and that they can say that they feel safe. And when my kids say like, you know, when my son wants to come work out with me in the garage and he's like, I want to be strong like you. And my daughters are like, Oh dad, look at all your muscles. Even if I don't feel like I'm that muscular. At least they feel that way. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like that feels good. So I want to do everything I can in my power to be as strong and powerful within reason to <laughs> to be able to protect my family if that ever was, uh, you know, ever did have to happen. So
0: Yeah, and it sucks where I've had times where it's like, something didn't feel right. Or I did have like an injury. And it's like, Oh, you know, like dad can't do that. Cause my back hurts or oh, there's this work. or yeah. that, or where you yeah. go to do play with them and you're like, Oh God, you know, like I pulled something or like, now I feel really old. Like I'm useless at this point. Like that is not being visual. That is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Cause that, you know, being a parent, like you being able to play and have that longevity and those creating those experience with your kids. Plus God oh. forbid something happened is like, yeah i know like fight or flight things would like if i had pain i wouldn't even notice it till after but i don't want to still have the pain i don't want it i want to be able to do this pretty freely and feel like a badass too while i'm doing yeah not like oh god man now i'm like <laughs> you know like you leave the room and you feel old all of a sudden like oh man that really hurt <laughs> I will say one thing that got me back into sprint team
1: was I was playing soccer with my son. Like it was an impromptu soccer game with a bunch of his friends, and you know it was at like a parent-teacher conference, and like the older kids were just ripping on the fourth graders. I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm coming in there." So me and a couple other dads went in there. We were going hard, like too hard. And at one point, you know, pass the ball, and I tried to do some fancy kick, and I totally pulled a muscle in my hamstring. And I'm like, "God, damn, like what the fuck?" That was, and they're like,
0: oh, look at these old guys. And then
1: I again. I'm like, all right, I feel better. Like I had, I had let myself get not. I was not vigilant about that. So that was my room, my, my wake up call to get back into that.
0: Man, that's that's awesome. So there, there's a lot of stuff that we, you know, really covered, obviously, in here. You know, smacking up other kids you don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you <laughs> know, same, half
1: the episode's title.
0: The, yeah, that's probably what I'll do. <laughs> um, you know, same vigilant as a parent, you know, doing all these things, which are were very important that we kind of opened up with, you know, creating those experiences. And that's very much a part of the vigilant, you know, life. Um, but really bringing it into the fitness aspect and how that can keeping yourself healthy and active. So you can create those experiences, but also doing it for yourself. So you're not, getting bored in the gym, you know, you're doing things that aren't just the same movements, you're protecting your body, like really building kind of that bulletproof body, and doing some just different things overall that are getting the conditioning, you know, you're doing prehab rehab stuff, you're doing some different movements that you can't do with everything else. And really that it sounds simple, which Really, it should be. It shouldn't be complex. That one aspect is really going to affect all areas of the vision life, whether that's relationships, if you're healthy and you're feeling better, you're gonna have the energy to go on more dates and do things with your significant other, do stuff with your kids, when there is that self-defense stuff. Like if you don't have that, you know, strength and endurance, you how you know, outside of the natural reactions that we are gonna have of fight or flight you're going to be like you said, harder to kill than another person, you know, like you need to meet and exceed that force on force or whatever it might be with that obstacle or, or threat coming your way. And it's just that mental aspect as well, too, which is very much part of it, that what we go through in the gym, the challenges, which is what always kind of drove me to it too, was the mental aspect that you get from it. And that's going to grow. So I love that we've kind of brought in this one tool, like I said, it's one tool, the toolbox, it's not to replace everything, but how that one thing really can carry over in all these different aspects of your life. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it really does. And it's just, and not only that, but it's also fun. At least, you know, once you learn how to do it and just as, you know, proficiency, you know, builds a level of enjoyment with pretty much anything you do, the more proficient you get at this, the more you can do with it, the more enjoyable you'll find it. And the more, you know, kind of experimentation you'll be able to kind of play around with it and, and have with it. So I definitely encourage people to at least, you know, if you're, if you're an absolute, like, fuck kettlebells, then yeah, I can't help you with that. If you're at least <laughs> open to, you know, finding out more trying a few of these things, trying to incorporate it, you know, supplement your training. I'm not saying, you know, throw everything and just start swinging a kettlebell, but just start incorporating it with some of your training. And some of the you know biggest advocates that I have now are people who were, you know, admittedly, they hated kettlebells or they thought they were useless or stupid. And it was after they tried them and did some of those things. And then, I mean, they'll get deeper and deeper into it, and they're like, "Wow, there's so much you can do with this." I'm like, "Exactly. That's the whole point." Is like you said in the beginning, like these are all toys. Like people take this shit way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Unless your life depends on it, and it rarely does, the gym should be a, a fun place. It should be a place where yeah. you can go and experiment, try different things, and do different things, and just enjoy this process. I mean, and you know, lastly, when you were talking about just you know how everything kind of tied together, like I love the quote you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So how I do this is how I try to do everything, how I try to keep that attention to detail, you know, the progression, the experimentation, the, you know, the
0: vigilance of it and the practice of it. It's like how I try to do everything. I love that. I love that. And, and you, you touched on, you know, if you, if you want to be doing this and start practicing, so where, where should people go? I know you have a few different resources where they can go and really start with whether it's the basics and they're brand new or, I'm sure a lot of people, even if they've been doing it should still go to the basics. Cause you and I see a lot of people don't, don't do there. They haven't been taught properly, but where should they go to start with the basics and then progress from there?
1: So on living.fit, you'll find a kettlebell section. And that is on uh, the first part is a free section. And that is the FAQs, the benefits of the kettlebell. I have some sample workouts on there and that is totally free. So you go on there, you can access a few different things. And this is the culmination of over a decade of writing kettlebell things. Like I started a kettlebell YouTube channel in 2008. I've built multiple workshop series. I've done multiple videos of the same thing over and over. So with this, this is kind of where it's like, where it's all pulled together and then from there I have different courses on there where you can do full programs and then if you want to learn how to do kettlebells I have a live course and then we also have a, a fundamentals and advanced course on there so that has all the breakdowns that I would do in person teaches you how to do things so if you are interested in kettlebells and you know you want to learn more I would go straight to that if you are just you realize kettlebells are possibly powerful okay Go to that level one, go to that first um, section, and you'll be able to see a lot of good information. But living.fit is where you can find all my
0: stuff. Awesome, awesome. It's the same place that, that Aaron mentioned, too, for learning all the battle rope stuff, too, for yeah. everybody that's listening. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back, listen to that one. You know, Aaron and I talked a lot about some great stuff within there, too, including same thing, how you should be using them and all of that. And it's living.fit is going to be a great resource for everybody wanting to focus on some of those areas within your fitness with building that vigilant life. So I really appreciate Aaron for introducing us and I appreciate you for taking your time today, Marcus, to go over all this and share, share your experiences as another father and kind of building a vigilant life and, you know, being the, the kettlebell guy out there as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate uh, being invited on here. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. Look out for the next one. Go check out Marcus' stuff on living.fit. Any questions you guys got, I'm sure they have a contact on there too if you want to learn more about their stuff. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you.